Somebody date us cause we're getting really lonely Is it our personalities where we just had the homely? You swipe left and I swipe right Sitting on my couch at night Hoping that I get a match Only to be ghosted fast When you're the only one still single Hey baby, can I get your number? Um, no So you write this stupid jingle To say somebody please date us Um, Lauren, <laughs> do you decorate your plants with Christmas bulbs? Yeah, I had extra ones and I put them it's on It's actually there. super cute. <laughs> I like that. Is that a tomato? I really like it your like tree. tomato plant. No, it's another kind of plant. And I'm trying this weird thing I read on Google because it used to have all these pretty flowers and they never bloomed again for two years. And apparently if you just don't water it for like months, all of a sudden it will start to bloom. So all the leaves have just been falling <laughs> off of it. And I'm like, oh, I'll put some Christmas bells on it. <laughs> it's cute. Oh my god, Makes it look less dead. Yeah. <laughs> it just it's so random it's like tucked away in the corner it's like your shame tree yeah it looked great in the summertime but now i'm not watering it so i just want the pretty orange flowers back yeah absolutely no. <laughs> all right guys welcome back to another episode of somebody date us it's a sal it's lauren and it's carly and this week uh, i want to know why you're single lauren <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I don't know if this is why I'm single or, like, I feel like someone should date me because I think this is cute, but it's kind of weird. But basically, I am single this week because, do you guys do this where you, like, literally look, when dogs are walking by you, you literally, like, make eye contact with them and smile at them? Oh, all like, the time. as if they're humans. Yeah. Like, you don't mm-hmm. smile at humans like that, but, like, the dogs. Mm-hmm. Dogs and old people. Mm. I always smile at them. I'm like, oh, you're so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I look I like do a that crazy person. Yeah. Like, and like the owner's like, um, I'm up here. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, I don't care about the owner. Oh my God. That's and I find cute. sometimes like owners are like really rude about it. They're like, don't smile at my dog. <laughs> Did like, you have, didn't like, didn't you? There was like a very horrible woman once where you're, didn't you say something? You're like, your dog's cute. And she was like, ignored you. Yeah, I know. That's happened multiple times to me. That's just like, some people are so rude in the city. <laughs> people are so rude. It's not nice. Carly, why are you single this um, week? Well, I'm single this week because I... Oh, how do I say this? I feel like the past few weeks, my life has been chaos. <laughs> like, and not in like a good, fun way, but it's just I haven't been a very good adult. <laughs> I... <laughs> Tell us more. I just haven't been a good adult. Like, I haven't been, you know, like, doing things that adults should be doing, like laundry and cleaning my room and, you know, refilling, like, the empty soap container. I feel like container. you're right now, but go. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, and there's just so many things, and I'm in such, like, a weird rut lull that I don't even have the energy to do them. Like, I go home, and I'm just, like, in my bed or on my couch it's the winter. You know, like I'll, winter I'll still, blues. Like I'll, I'll, I'll work out. Like that's the only thing I'll do. The only thing I'll do is I'll go to spin class, but that's it. And like I don't want to make plans with people really. Like I've just. It sounds like you have seasonal affective disorder. Oh, maybe. We're diagnosing him. Yeah, you're, you have sad. <laughs> oh, I am always sad. <laughs> just like I was telling you, I was watching that movie, Britney Runs a Marathon, yeah. last night, and I cried because mm. it was like she was me. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I've just been, yeah, I just, I'm in such a weird rut. Like, I don't want anybody in my house that I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to date someone so they can just come over to my house and like hang out. Like, I don't want to hang out with people like, right go now. Go home. <laughs> you know, it's just, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm in a weird place. It's dark. But I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. I think. It's dark, but I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> all the lies we tell ourselves to get through the day. Um, Asal, so we all know that you're not single. Um, however, you're going to be reading a few user submitted why they're singles. Well, just one, I guess. Just one. Just one. Yeah, we had uh, we had some people submit why they're single. So um, one of our listeners said they quit drinking nine months ago and have avoided the bar just as long. So, so we have to think of sober dates. Yeah. And how to just go out and meet people not at a bar. Wow. So you got to join some meetups, bud. Good mm-hmm. for you. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've a few uh, people that I know have done the same thing. And uh, it's it's not easy out there because so much of dating culture is around drinking and grabbing drinks. And, you know, alcohol is a social lubricant. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fair. So um, <laughs> on that note... <laughs> 
Thanks. <laughs> Transition smoothly, not really. Um, but today we're going to be talking all about breakups, and we have a very special guest. But before we intro her, I want to talk a bit about, I mean, we've had an episode where we talk about some of our bad breakups, like, which seems like forever ago when we talked about those. I don't those. remember talking about yeah. it. I don't either. But we, I think it was like at the very beginning of this podcast, so maybe like episode four or something. Um But I want to talk about some of, like, what are some of the crazy-ass things we do when we're going through a breakup that just aren't healthy? Definitely stalking on social media. (laughs) Like, I am the queen of that Mm -hmm. um, on a regular basis. But when I'm going through a breakup, it's it's like I'm on social media 24-7 on that person's account just, like, stalking and being like, what are they doing? When are they active? And And I, like, remember checking every social media that they have like I would check their Instagram their Facebook and I remember checking like even Snapchat and WhatsApp like all all the above yeah, all the of last the, time they the edited a Google Doc <laughs> <laughs> well, what about That's you fair. guys I know I feel like I definitely am in the social media stalking as well I've tried to get better at it like I've, I've tr- try to really identify when I'm doing things like checking when they were active last or something like that um, and like turning off those settings where I can because I'm like this is so unhealthy or like hiding them from my feed so I don't see their new pics with their like, like muting new girlfriends them. and mm-hmm. stuff yeah I think but yeah I'm, I'm guilty for it too I think we all are like Carly do you do that too no because I know that I'll just make me sad so mm. I don't I honestly I'm like I just don't want to do that to myself so I actually like won't view stories I won't go to their Instagram account it's just it's not my a thing good self-control and ev- even like um ex-friends for instance like not just like the boyfriend breakups but like friend breakups too I just mm. I just don't go but I you did say look. you did say that you have checked their whatsapp before and seen when they were last I active have, yeah so this was this was last year um when I was and it was oh, this person was so annoying and so toxic and like the worst but he would do this thing where he would be like not talking to me but I know he's active mm-hmm. like he was totally avoiding me and I'm like Ugh, that's my move like I avoid you like I don't say anything <laughs> this is not fair so I did check whatsapp and we had never communicated on whatsapp mm-hmm. which yeah. was like the bizarre thing yeah no I've done um, that but yeah for me like it's not so much social it's I I use it as any excuse, like like my unhealthy habit, I guess. I use any excuse to like eat like shit, um, drink or like smoke weed. Like mm-hmm. like it's so bad, but I'm like I'm like well I'm sad, so I'm gonna do yeah, this. I try and justify time. it. Um, so that's a very unhealthy thing I do. Like I'm not like at the bar by myself like hammering tequila shots. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're just at home doing it. <laughs> exactly. Uh. For me, the most unhealthiest thing I did during a breakup was I stopped eating. Oh, yeah, no, I've done that too. Yeah, I'm more of like stop eating versus eat, like junk food. Yes. I stopped eating and I was working out more. Anytime I was, I would even think of the other person, I would go straight into working out and couple that with not eating. And it just was a bad mix all around. Um, But it was like weird too, because then you you would have like, People come up to you and they'd be like, oh, you're looking great. And you're just like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, thing. you're not. I'm not doing that. Oh that was like the opposite with me. Like, I remember I went through a really bad breakup and I was like, <clears throat> just like had no appetite for a couple days. And then I would like be like, I just want junk food for like mm-hmm. the rest of the week. Um, and yeah, people were like, you look like shit. Like no, <laughs> one was like no one was like, oh, you're looking good, girl. No. Oh. I think it was okay. With just, I just randomly thought of this too. Is like one of the things I've been bad for in breakups in the past too, is like excessively messaging someone, like trying to like make sense of my thoughts but like just like regurgitating them into text uh, messages yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. versus just being like okay I'm really upset right now I'm really mad or whatever the case and like taking a step back and like giving it time to just like sit on those thoughts or write them down or mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. a notebook or something before regurgitating them because usually after I give myself a few days I'm like Ugh, why did I say that yeah. I regret it and when I don't say those things mm-hmm. and I take a few days I'm like I don't even want to say yeah. them anymore you know I think what's done is done and totally. I don't need to say those things so I feel like I'm really I could be bad for that too like mm-hmm. not just like put my phone down 
regroup, breathe, deep That's breaths. like with anything, though. Like, when you're mad mm-hmm. or angry, don't react right away. Give yourself time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I've also, like, um, just, like, like, hooked up with someone, like, else, like, right after. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, it's... It, I you know, rebound? I, I, done that I rebound really fast. Like, and it's sometimes it's been within, like, the same night. I'm like, fuck this. Like, mm-hmm. and wow. you feel, like, it's kind of like a weird power move. I don't know how to describe it, but then you do feel kind of like guilty in a way. Mm-hmm. But but for the but for the most part, I feel great. Like I'm like yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember there was this guy I dated. Like, I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was this guy like I dated. I don't know like last year or something, and for only a couple of months, but it just like started really hot and heavy and just like. I thought became like more serious quick but then it ended really quick and um I just like hopped right back on the bandwagon and like went on a date and I actually ran into the guy that like broke my heart on he was on a date while I was on a date in the same place I but, remember like, this he I just, remember like, this didn't too. like he just didn't make eye contact with me but like I know he saw me because we were like unintentionally playing Mario Kart right beside each other and like was that a rec room? yeah it was that rec room <laughs> and like my date really wanted to play Mario Kart we wanted to play it all night and there was like a big line and there finally wasn't a line and of course the two other players were him and his date and I was like and then at the end of the night I literally like the, the guy I was on a date with like poor soul <laughs> went in to kiss me and I was just like I just remember thinking like I wonder if this guy can see me kissing this mm-hmm. guy right now I was like this is so unhealthy like this like I shouldn't be dating right now yeah. like there was never another date but did you beat up at Mario Kart? Um, so we weren't playing against each other, oh. <laughs> but unfortunately that would have been extra awesome. But, um, okay. So show, 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 show. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this is like our, like a very sober episode yeah, too. We're drinking so water. Like, there's, yeah. So we can't even sh- speak. should we get into introducing our very special guest this mm-hmm. week? Um, so our guest for today's episode is Natalia Juarez. After a broken engagement at 30, Natalia became obsessed with healing her broken heart and learning how to date in a way that would lead her to a healthier love and relationship. Today, she helps men and women through the entire spectrum of breakups or divorce, helping them recover, initiate a separation, win an ex back, and find new love. So everybody, let's please welcome Natalia! for joining us um i think we should just like jump right in and like why don't we tell our audience a little bit about you and what you do okay well first of all thank you so much for inviting me on um so i work as a breakup coach and dating strategist and i'm i'm obsessed with my business <laughs> i love working with my clients i love all of the content that i'm currently producing i just i can't believe that i get to work on love mm-hmm. all day long and aside from that i love spending time with my incredible partner and our new puppy and oh. when i have time i <laughs> i dance a little tango oh, oh i love that okay first question what kind of puppy do you have <laughs> He is a toy poodle mix. Oh. Yeah, mixed with, I don't know, we got him on Kijiji and he's a oh. Kijiji surprise. That <laughs> is so cute. What's his name? Dexter. That's cute. That's, I love that name for a dog. <laughs> um, so how did you officially become a relationship breakup coach? Well, I mean, it was a process. Mm-hmm. So um, I went to Queens and I did gender studies. Um, I started off in biology, took a women's studies class, and I just fell in love with gender studies and just like learning about like men and women through the lens of like, you know, history and politics and all these uh, disciplines. And then when I graduated, I it was I didn't know what to do. So I became a bartender and did that for a summer and um, realized I can't do this forever. So I became a teacher <laughs> and I taught for okay. eight years. And then right before I turned 30, I ended my engagement. And it was really, really hard. So it was my second major breakup in my 20s. We were together for a few years. And yeah, I was 29 and a half and I left and uh, just started my life over. And it was really scary. You know, and I I thought I've got to turn my life around. Um, And I really looked at myself as I'm the common denominator and all of this. So in order to empower myself, what can I do differently? So I did all the things I thought I could do. I got books, got a therapist. And so was it that breakup that made you realize, hey, I'm good at breaking up? 
with people. No. It was like the opposite. I was like, I'm really bad at this. I thought, I cannot believe I'm about to go through my second major heartbreak. Because the first one, the first one in my mid-20s, uh, took me years to get over. So when it happened again, I just thought, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening again but I was really committed I thought this time I'm going to do things so differently like it is not we're not doing this back and forth thing I'm getting all the help I need and yeah I I'm I'm gonna find love (laughs) and now you found it it sounds like right (laughs) so how is what you do different from um a therapist Okay, so a lot of people ask me that, and I think, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for therapists. Mm -hmm. Um, Our work is complementary, but extremely different. Like, therapy can be, you know, slower, it's a deeper unfolding, Um, there are different boundaries. Whereas with my clients, you know, we get together, we have, like, an intensive over, like, maybe like a couple of hours I take Mm -hmm. notes I recommend them books I put together this whole strategy and then in between sessions they can call me they can email me they can text me if something is urgent we'll look at their social media so it's a lot more Mm -hmm. in depth um, especially around like the crisis phase of a breakup okay and when is the is that just like right afterwards is that the crisis phase or yeah yeah Yeah. or or if it's been months later and they just they haven't been making much progress Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, yes, I think therapy is great, but at least, you know, for my clients and it was my experience that it doesn't help you as quickly as you need it to when you're in tremendous pain. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I get that. What did, what did you find helped you when you ended that like second major relationship in your life? Like what helped you? <laughs> um, <laughs> it was so hard. Yes. I got a recommendation on a therapist. I went to the bookstore and I was that person getting like looking up breakups and divorce and getting all the books and, you know, looking online and just, I did all of that. I was being emotional. I was, uh, doing the things that I could to express that. Like I even went to like kickboxing <laughs> and I did my yoga teacher training. Like I was just taking all of these things on, but now I think that there is like, so now what I teach in terms of like what I call the breakup meth, better breakup method. Mm-hmm. Um, I just provide a lot more structure to mm. all of those, um, basically all of these like healing pillars. Right. Yeah. Okay. So how long, like when someone works with you, like how long typically do they commit to working with you? I'm sure it's different for everyone, but like, do you have like an average? Of- On average one to three months. Okay. Yeah. I say three months at like, that's like on like the longer end. I mm-hmm. need about, I need about four sessions with someone. To just give them, teach them the structure, teach them a bit about themselves, um, about their like attachment style, mm-hmm. and then to put together a plan based on their their lifestyle for healing. You mentioned the breakup pillars. What is that? Like, how many pillars are there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So there's there's self care, there's grief work. So yeah, self care is like mm-hmm. you know nutrition, exercise, sleep, rest, all that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the grief work, which can be like working with a professional, talking it out, journaling, uh, just really feeling and expressing all of the emotions that you have. Like you need to, like you cannot bypass all of those emotions. And then there is the rebuilding and all the logistics. You know, like if you guys were living together, you need to like sort all that out. You need to figure out social circles, social social media. So there's that part. And then the last part is you need a little bit of pleasure in your life because otherwise you'll just burn out if you're just doing all of this work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So those are the, that's the cocktail. Huh. That sounds very healthy. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. healthy. Yeah. I'm like, I wish I knew this when I was going through like the breakups. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know this was a thing. I know. Me neither. So, like, if I was, say, someone who was in a relationship Mm -hmm. and wanted to work with you to get out of said relationship, like, what does that process look like versus being someone who just, like, was dumped and, like, devastated and heartbroken? So when I first got into this, I got into it to help the dumped person Mm -hmm. because I'm the heartbroken person because that was what I could relate to. But then people started contacting me to help them end relationships. (laughs) And at first I was like, whoa, whoa, like, this is not what I do. But I'll always remember that first guy. He contacted me. He was in, he's probably about 27. He had been with a woman for a few years and their families, they were like, it was like South Asian and their families were really connected. So he just Mm. thought if I initiate this breakup, it's going to have a ripple Mm. effect on our communities. And and 
yeah, and she had a, a child and he just, he was felt really entangled in this relationship. So what I helped him to do was to just like lay it all out, look at where the big challenges were. And really the big issue here was around connection. Like he wasn't in love with her in the way that he should be, especially at 27. Mm-hmm. So I helped him also think long term, like in the short term, it's like, yes, it's going to be terrible and she's going to be devastated. But if you think in the long term, the most loving thing you can do is let this person go. Yeah. And so I will help you to do it in the most compassionate, respectful way. Um, yeah. So that a year down the road, mm-hmm. she'll be in a better place and you'll yeah. you'll let her go so she can find someone who can love her the way she deserves. That's nice. You kind of like finessed it gently instead of pulling like a Tony Robbins be like call right now and end it (laughs) and I kind of love that like a guy reached out to you and was like I just need help how do I get out of this yeah we have emotions too you know but like I know but like I just feel like so many guys would just like avoid it or just Mm -hmm. like stop talking to you or ghost or like you know what he was planning on doing they would have fights and he was planning on waiting until he's like I know we're gonna have a big fight he's like so I'm thinking the next time she just blows up and says like it's over I'll be like okay I was like you cannot do that because yeah. then she's going to keep replaying that mm-hmm. argument mm-hmm. in her head and blame herself like if that hadn't have happened I was like so this is going to be harder but you're going to you're just going to It's you're also just going to have so much more um, respect for yourself mm-hmm. yeah. so do you sorry really quickly mm-hmm. um, so do you ever mediate these breakups facilitate them in any way or do you kind of just give them the tools to do it on their own so far I have always just helped coach people on how to do it so like we'll practice conversations I'll give them some like word tracking they're Mm -hmm. like oh that's good and sometimes they'll ask like can I just like record this bit so that they can just practice it in their head that's not just that's not to say that I wouldn't oh okay okay you're down for being in the room uh, so it all goes down yeah or I could potentially make a phone call but I I think there are you know there are people who kind of do it I think I would do it in probably like my own Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. but really I think it's just it's so much more empowering to just teach someone how to do it yeah for sure it's a skill that we all need it's yeah, true. They absolutely. should teach us in school. <laughs> Social true. skills one on one. Yeah. How to break up with somebody. Yeah. How to not ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would take that class. Oh, I need that class. Oh no. Yeah. Okay, so uh can you maybe give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what the cost and time commitment uh looks like? So on average, most commonly I work with people in about like four to six hours um, per session. No. So in, oh, to- okay. in, in total. total. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, That's a lot, lot of time. Exactly. Oh, wow. So that would be about four to six sessions unless we did a few that were longer. Mm-hmm. And it's either in person if someone's in Toronto and has time to come in or it's over video. Okay. Even people who are in Toronto, if they're just too busy or they're too emotional or they just want for privacy, mm-hmm. they just want to do over, over video, we can do that or on the phone. And so my retainers are, so say it was like four hours, it would be 600. Okay. If yeah, it's yeah. nine, it would be... If it was six hours, it would be 900. Or I have these executive packages for some of these, you know, high-powered people who they they just call me and they're like, I don't have time to be heartbroken. Oh, my God. I love so that. you need to help me to contain this. Oh, my goodness. And, yes. So for them, I am highly accessible, like 24-7. Mm-hmm. But usually because of my the accessibility, things are really accelerated. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's, that's actually fascinating. So the executive packages, yeah. um, and I'm I'm not sure how much you can tell us about them, but um, do you what was do you have uh, an example of one that was just really wild and out there, or something that you couldn't even believe just kind of fell in your lap? Yeah, there was there was one man where he was after being with a, with his wife for about 20 years, their relationship was kind of ending, and he had met someone else, and then he had to tell his wife like they kind of knew it was going to be ending Mm -hmm. like after the kids left but yeah because he was accelerating that timeline because he had met someone who was younger like it just provoked a number of things Mm -hmm. so he had thought it would be a smooth transition it was not so then he called and said I've got like all these problems and like you know she's this brought up a lot of things for her but really it was this fear of change Mm -hmm. so I worked with him on like how can you have these conversations Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, she, you know, to kind of like talk her down a bit, because this was something that also really benefited her. Yeah, because you're coming in as like damage control. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. And, and in the meantime, like it was really costing him money that he wasn't able to focus at work. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Wow. It's kind of sad in the society that we live in that 
he came to you because he's like, I just can't afford to be emotionally fractured right now Mm -hmm. with my work and everything else that's going on. So even the fact that work is kind of taking precedent over like his family and every other Mm -hmm. things, but the fact that you're able to kind of help him through that. And it can be like, it really broke his heart. And like, you know, I talk a lot about breakup recovery and like grief. I think there's such a thing as romantic grief. Mm -hmm. And like when someone like, dies we kind of know that there people are going to take some time to like process that like they're healing but when it comes to heartbreak very often like we just don't know about it and then like the next day you just get up and you try to go to work but it can be very very hard mm-hmm. to focus it's true just knowing that the person is still out there in the world living their life going through the daily pretending nothing yeah. happened and you're like my whole world has been rocked right mm. oh it's insane um we also noticed on your website part of your strategy with clients is to help build a social media strategy for them um so what does that exactly mean okay what is a social tell media strategy? we both work in social media we're like tell us yeah. <laughs> so interested oh almost well just about every single day in my sessions social media comes up uh, like so and so, so and so posted this, or like you know they we broke up, but they're looking at my stories. Like what is <laughs> what, what does, does that mean? mean? <laughs> yeah, and then or like oh they started following this person. It's re- <laughs> this and then sounds like somebody. <laughs> Thank God they got. But rid also, of the what does it mean? <laughs> oh my okay. goodness, it's, like, it's me. <laughs> Instagram, like that's huge. I'm hearing way more about Instagram than anything like Facebook, mm-hmm. but also even WhatsApp. Because you can see when the person was on last. So then they're like, who are they talking to? I had one client who told me he was going through, well, it was months after this breakup, but he was having so much trouble letting it go. And he kept seeing that his ex-girlfriend was always on. So he he asked me, he's like, what do you think if I hire somebody to go on the bus, like behind her, and just kind of like peek over her shoulder to like see who she who she's texting. Oh my goodness. And I was like, do you hear yourself? Sure. How yeah. much money do you have? Okay, I thought I was like nuts, but I would never do that. But you would just, if you had the money. No, I wouldn't <laughs> do that. I wouldn't do that. But but I totally, like I've talked about this on the episode or like one of the episodes, but I would check my ex's activity on WhatsApp, but we never even communicated on WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. But after a breakup, like you just, you're like, when was he last active? I've done, yes. definitely done that too, actually. Okay. Yeah, I'm there like, you go. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're up at 3.33 a.m., but you couldn't text Yes. Like 1 1 a.m. Yeah. What? Yeah, totally. So when it comes to social media strategy, we look at where are you developing some unhealthy behaviors Mm -hmm. and what do we need to do to like curb those? Because then people develop a habit with like, you know, like I just check Mm -hmm. every day or like before bed and people just start doing it unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And it's really then holding them back from letting go and healing. Yeah. It almost kind of sounds like, um, like how an addict would have to kind of recover mm-hmm. because Absolutely. you know it's instead of like you have it right there you're fi- you're physically looking at this and you you know you can click their story you know that you can click their profile and are you going to turn your phone put your phone down or are you going to do it so it's just mm-hmm. it's so interesting how mm-hmm. um where we like let's if we look at you know even 20 years ago to now that this is even a thing I know. it's so wild like i can't process it yeah you know so, yeah, so people admit to me what they're doing, and they're like, is that weird? I'm like, you have no idea the things I hear. No, yeah. that's not weird. Just tell me. Okay, yeah. so you're doing this, this, I just take notes. And then we start looking at, like, how can we, yeah, curb these? And mm-hmm. sometimes they're not ready. So the first step is just, you know, I tell them, between now and the next time I see you, say in two weeks, I just want you to really be present to what's coming. How does it feel? Because it feels awful. Mm-hmm. It's going to, like, ruin your night, and you're going to get this, like, sick feeling in your body. Mm-hmm. Like, people are just so disconnected from it. So then when they come in, they're like, okay. I'm like ready to let it go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Unfollow them. And that's the hardest yeah. thing. And sometimes it's like cutting it off or yeah. if, you know, you need, or maybe, you know, for a while you're going to spend some time because people w- want to do something on their phone. Let's find some other apps that you can like, let's go on like Pinterest or something. Mm-hmm. You're just going to, you're just going to add that in instead. For sure. You really do treat them like a, an addict because like some people can't go cold turkey. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of like you yeah. have to like ease them into it and everything. So. You should really have like those uh, like AA meetings for breakups where you just go sit in a circle with like other people going through breakups. And you yeah, share stories, <laughs> the kinds of things you do, and like the apps you're checking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you give some like high level tips to people that are listening that may want to get out of the relationship they are in currently and break up with someone? 
Um, and then we'll spin the table and get some like tips for someone dealing with a heartbreak. <laughs> okay. So when it comes to like if if you are questioning whether or not you want to be in your relationship, and it can be it's different like if you know and you just don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are other people who are not totally sure. They just have a sense that maybe they kind of want to. So for them, there is this whole process called discernment where it's helping you to uh, decipher what path you should take. So the way I do it is that I have a whole relationship assessment where we look at six categories of the relationship to see where are there fractures and are there, is this workable or is it not? Um, Cause yeah, like some people have, have issues more with intimacy. Like they, they associate intimacy with a loss of independence. So like, is that the issue or is it really that you should end this? Um, Cause yeah, like people just don't ever want to feel like they regret it. So mm-hmm. that's that's that first getting them clear. And then if they decide, yes, I want to move forward, then at least they know they have their like core reasons. Like we just don't communicate well or we want like different things in life. And then and then it would be around the logistics of like when is a good time. And there's never really a great time, but sooner rather than later, ideally on like a Thursday or a Friday so that the person has the weekend to recover. Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's like when you fire people on Fridays. No, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so it would be like even better would be like on a Thursday so that they could call in sick on the Friday and they could just Ooh. take like an extended weekend mm-hmm. and to keep that conversation short um, and to abs you know to let them down you know gently but firmly like do not leave any room for like maybe we can be friends or like maybe down the road because. Then they come see me, and then that's what's holding them back. Like a year later, it's like, well, but they said there's a chance. I am so guilty of that. Every time I've broken up with someone, I'm like, we can stay friends. You've never actually broken up with anyone. <laughs> I have. I'm very clear that I don't believe in the friends after breakups. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. Some people can be. Yeah. It. De- yeah. It's more personality based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it depends on the circumstances of the breakup. Yeah. 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 Um, what are some advice for those being the ones that are getting dumped? How do you get over a heartbreak? Okay, everyone needs to know how to heal their heart. Statistically, we will have between two and three long-term relationships in our lives. I mean, it, it's it's hard to quantify that, but mm-hmm. uh, because really now what we're living with is serial monogamy, right? Where people are just having like, yes, you know, one relationship after another. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, then you're going to have to know how to get into relationships how do you date well be in a relationship and then when that's not when you want to end it how do you decide um go through the discernment process to decide to end it and then end it lovingly and then heal so breakup recovery is so this is where the four pillars come in so you would you would you would go through those four pillars um but it all depends on the four stages so during that so the four stages are one is survival like that's it just happened uh, and that can be a few days to like a week where you're just like devastated Mm -hmm. and then after that there's about a month of it's like rehab Mm -hmm. like you really are going through like all the withdrawal symptoms and you just need to just get through that time and then we move into like the real healing rebuilding phase um, that can take up at minimum three months but usually more like six months to like a year depending on the length of the relationship and all that. Um, and then the whole point is to get to the fourth stage, which is where you have fully integrated the relationship and like the breakup and the lessons and you like wish them well. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who's still holding on to like a lot of resentment, mm-hmm. there's still something there that hasn't been fully processed. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's for most people too. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time, uh, like I've gone through a breakup or my friends have, um, it's never done in the most healthy way. And this is just from my experiences and those of my friends. Um, how do we, how do we kind of release that resentment though? Like how, you know, for people who might not necessarily know how to do that, like what are just like some quick tips? There, there are no quick tips. There's nothing. Well, it would be. Like, could you re- like? Would it be out of line to let's say like three months later down the road, you're just like, you know what? I really need to talk to this person. I need, there, I have some unanswered questions. I want to reach out to them, get some answers. Maybe this will make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Is is that something you would encourage? Or no, not necessarily. No, because okay. I think that closure you can get yourself. 
Interesting. Yes. Okay. I think closure to a point mm-hmm. is is important, but you're often not going to get the answers that you that you want or need. So that's real talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and because depending on the relationship, three months is too soon. <laughs> like after to kind of get all that stuff, like you're still kind of figuring out things in your own head. Too, not in so. a right head space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just like you say, you might not even get the answer that you really want. No. And so many people hold on to that idea of like needing closure, but Mm -hmm. resentment often lives where you're so connected to, to the loss or or everything that you, that you, like say if you felt like you were taken Mm -hmm. advantage, but there's no, you've, you've, that's such victim mentality where you haven't like empowered yourself to like take responsibility of like, what can I learn? Why did I allow this certain Mm -hmm. things to, to happen? And what can I do moving forward? Right. So isn't just taking like a negative and finding the positive in it essentially i guess a little bit less fluffy okay <laughs> a little yeah. bit i'm a fluffy person i can't <laughs> no because like that it's not just looking for like the positive in it but what what's maybe like the lesson even if it was like a hard lesson mm-hmm. and it, you might not even know it like right away there Okay, so I want to know, like, usually we ask people we have on this podcast their craziest dating stories, but we want to know what the craziest stories or things are that you've experienced being a breakup coach, because I'm sure there's all sorts of things you see. You've already mentioned a few of them, but um, yeah. Well, one of them was a couple of years ago, I had a woman come to see me who was heartbroken um, and she was had been having an affair with her boss, who was married, and she was feeling heartbroken because she had found out that he was also now starting to see another girl at the office. Oh. Ooh. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> and she's she's like, I know this is probably like too crazy for you. And you know, she made sure like to sign like a confidentiality agreement with me and all this. And I was like, no, it's not crazy, but like, hey, now what? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what mm-hmm. what is it you want? And, and as we're talking, I find out, like, things were sort of kind of confusing. And then I find out she has a boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> wow. This twisted web. Yes. <laughs> and, yes, so I, after one session, she cut it off with both of these men. And, because it was, it was just so, so complicated. And she had been trying to find a therapist to talk to her about it, but just... I guess it just hadn't helped her to like no one kind of I don't want to say I I was just really direct of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Girl, you're a messy person. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Like I was like, you know, do you have any idea what's available to you here in this like incredible city? And here you are like pining over your your like married boss who's mm-hmm. like cheating on you with a girl in <laughs> in the office. And sometimes you just need that person, whether it's a friend or a breakup coach or whoever, to just be like Let's take a step back and, like, think about, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, listen to yourself. Like, you know, like, just be that straight up person that asks the question that no one has asked. Or maybe no maybe no one knows about this, right? So mm-hmm. they've never talked to anyone about it before. But that's so funny. I've also always wondered why, and maybe I don't mean to generalize, but so many of us women, um, we are always chasing after people who just don't really like us. Oh, they never really given you any inclination that they're interested. Maybe they said something nice to you once and, or you, I don't know, like mm-hmm. why, like I've, I'm always so confused, like why we put ourselves in these situations when there's clearly a very unavailable man. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we can't help but want them to like us back. Yeah. Is that something that you, you find a lot with like your clients too? It's just. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, not to generalize, I but, know, it don't does, to generalize no, but it does seem to be tapping a lot more with women. Yeah. And yes, I, and I'm not sure if that's just, you know, the some of the women that I've talked to, but the quote that I often think of is we accept the love we think we deserve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perks of being a wallflower. Yes. And like just sometimes reflecting back, like why is it that you would want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you? Mm-hmm. And it can speak to just self-worth. Um, but one of the biggest, biggest reasons is, have you all heard of attachment theory? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, kind of. Is okay. that like what what attachment style you have as a baby? Yes, but then it carries on into like primary romantic relationships. So I have this blog called um, The Secret to Drama-Free Love. Okay. And it's all based on this theory 
because there are about 50% of the population is securely attached. And these people feel very lovable. They can express their needs. When they break up, they're like, it's going to be hard, but I'll be okay. They're over, that's their overall like motto in life. And they would not put up with relationships like that. Then there is another 25% that are avoidant where they're the ones more who can be very charming. They like to like start relationships, but then when it starts to get more intimate, they just like start finding flaws in people and just cut things off. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and then the other like 20, 25% are addicts in love. And these are the ones who they like, they, they would have maybe as children had separation anxiety, but they're, they grow up to have this sixth sense around love and they fall very quickly. It's very mm-hmm. hard for them to get out. They're extremely loyal and they just, their thought patterns go to like, what if I never get, what if I never meet anyone like this? What if I never get over this? Mm-hmm. And they'll be most, the most, they're most likely to negotiate um, themselves right. for the relationship. So is that kind of also part of um, when when you're going through uh, the breakup process with your clients, do you revisit their childhood? Do you touch on that at all? No, not their childhood, but or, right sorry, away, the, their, attachment their attachment style, style. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. away. You know, okay. yes. But even someone who is, say, secure or the avoidant ones, when they're going through a breakup, they can be triggered to feel this like anxiousness about love. Mm-hmm. So I think... They're kind of like general soft, like like these three softwares that humans have, but we can be provoked into another one based on circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, can we quickly just talk about what each of our attachment styles are? Most people yeah. know right away just based on the the, the description. description. Yes. Um. So I called Carly out. I think she was the um, avoidant. Yes. Okay. I think you are. Do you not think, think that? Maybe. I think I so. maybe a bit. Um. Okay, I forget all of them now. What's the worst? Well, I forget the well, first some, one. Well, some better language, because language is always really hard, because people can be, like, secure in their lives, but then their relationships, their their primary relationships will provoke something different. Mm-hmm. So your friends will just be like, what are you doing? Because it's just so not like you in life. Mm-hmm. Love is blind. I'm, mm-hmm. like, that's it's such true. a cliche thing yes. to say, but I'm, it is so true. When you're really in love, I'm like, why can't you see... Mm-hmm. This like crazy man in front of you is horrible. <laughs> so true. What is going on? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And and well, love is a survival mechanism, and people kind of forget that that it is mm-hmm. it is our most like primal driver mm-hmm. for like survival because we're stronger together and we need to reproduce. Um, but going back to the styles, secure. So secure. Another a different term for them is uh, anchors. Mm-hmm. Really grounded. Mm-hmm. And then avoidance would be islands. And the anxious are waves. Or a little bit so more emotional. Sorry, there's three. There's three. I'm the emotional one. Ang- the I wave. Have, I have no the idea wave. what I am. Oh my god, I have a wave tattoo on my foot. <laughs> it's a sign. It's meant to be. It's a sign of salad. You're wavy. There you go. <laughs> Wait, I Lauren's like. I think the first one. I think you're secure, or maybe wavy too. I feel like I could bounce so, between either yeah. of those, maybe. And a lot of people do. A lot of people yeah. feel like I'm, I'm like mostly this, but sometimes like this. What about Mike? What do you think you are, Mike? Emotional. I think emotional. you're. I think emotional too. I think, you I think are. you're with me. You're mm-hmm. wavy. Yeah. <laughs> wavy. Is that the one where you're like trying to like justify things? Yeah. Yeah. Negotiate. Yeah. In the relationship. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of everything that I have ever studied, attachment theory for me made the biggest, biggest change. And I didn't, I didn't even discover it until I was 33. So after I'd been like reading all the books and I was in therapy for years, I was, mm-hmm. I was in this like weird romantic situation and I was have, having the same conversation with my therapist week, week after week. Yeah. And then one day I asked her, I was like, I give you permission to give me your opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, well, you might want to take a look at attachment theory. And I went, found a book, and I read it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm a wave. <laughs> I, and, and I've always been attracted to these avoidant men. And then mm-hmm. right away, I just thought I've never had an experience of just, like, secure, like, healthy, mm-hmm. normal love. And I, 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 hadn't, I wasn't attracted to those types of relationships. Wow. Yeah, so I... I love it. I'm going to read more about it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was this book that you read? <laughs> Oh, there you remember? Were, there, there were a few of them. Secure in Love. Another one is called Attached, but it's um, all there in the blog. Does Esther Perel talk about it too? I feel like she a little bit, not sure. not okay. a ton. Okay, but yeah, she touches on it. I think she's just so in that world that I don't think she realizes that like how many people don't know about it. Mm, kind of. Um, a little off topic, yes. but what is the um, what 
out of all of the breakups that you've helped facilitate, um, what are maybe the top two or three reasons people want to break up? I know you, meant, you said communication being yes. one. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some others that uh, you, you see? So there are commonly? six categories. Okay. Um, years ago, there was a, a big blog or a big some research that came out on 50 reasons why people break up or stay together. Mm-hmm. And I geeked out over this data and I started, because I thought this is why relationships are so complicated. Look at these like 50 data points. <laughs> so what I saw was that they, I could cluster them into about six, these six categories of connection. So that's like love, addiction, attachment. The next one is on character. So it like trust, respect, um, compassion, like if there are any issues around that. And then communication, uh, compatibility, circumstances. Oh, and I forget the other one. Commitment. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of the top ones is communication mm-hmm. and connection. Okay. Like people kind of fall out of love, but sometimes it's because there's been a breakdown in the communication. Mm-hmm. So what we start yeah. seeing is that there are usually some of these things can be connected. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a client come to you adamant about breaking up and then yes. halfway through they're like you know what wait a minute like you you've you've almost coached them back into yes. a relationship because you've brought up like like hearing you say like all these things like of course like why like would it be, be more moment. communicative yeah. so you've def- you've had that oh yeah because <laughs> it's like i love this person but we're just like fighting all the time i'm like what are you fighting about and then mm-hmm. they'll kind of tell me i'm like well have you told them and they're like well no <laughs> so they've just been like bottling things up or they've had like some like disconnection or then they like stop having sex as much and so much can so so much comes down to effective communication Mm-hmm. But then that requires, you know, the good thing about good news about that is it's a skill, mm-hmm. but it requires like vulnerability and like sometimes just like word tracking or like just, yeah, like and and also both partners being willing to communicate from that place of responsibility as opposed to like, you know, blaming or a victim. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um I did have one more question. Uh, sorry, like all of them are just coming to me all at once. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, so where do you see this business going? Like what is your, maybe your your vision or your big dream? Or maybe just, um, like you said, you kind of geek out over this type of data. Um, and I'm sure you're looking at trends all the time. Where do you see this business going? For, oh, for, I love that question. Either for you or just in this field in general. Well, for myself, I... What I think is really, really interesting is kind of going back to my my roots as a teacher. So mm-hmm. I'm currently creating some uh, some programs, and I'm just like it's like I'm back to lesson planning. And so yeah. I have one called um, Untangled, where it's my breakup recovery course, and then the other ones uh, love dating by design, and it's all on dating strategy. And that's just like after all of these years of like all of this content and like methodology that I put together, um, just like packaging it so that just more people have access to it. Like I will probably always love working one on one with people, but it um it's hard. I just need time to create and like and to write. Right. And yeah, to um yeah, share with more people. And then in regards to the the industry, it's been really interesting how, you know, years ago people thought I was crazy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I, yeah, like, and a number of my friends were like, we kind of didn't believe that you could make this work. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, like, yeah. it's almost like you had this vision that Bumble, Tinder, Hinge, all these things making dating so accessible to everybody now. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of fallout. And yeah, you, and you, after you what I like, after what I had been through, when I finally found the tools that helped me, I thought I would have paid anything for this. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that, you, you know, you can feel just so just just the worst pain you've ever felt. And then then you have to go out like like looking for for those tools and then just feel like yeah, even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When somebody does go through one of these like really intense breakups, um, do you do you usually recommend that like uh, I'm sure one of their big concerns is I I have to go to work but I can't go to work like do you like how how do you kind of uh how do you say to your boss like I can't come in today because like my heart's broken I, I, yeah and like and there are some people I know people like they like weeks they couldn't go in because you know mm. every every breakup affects everybody differently and for them it was I can't leave my bed so yeah. how, how, what, how do you kind of coach them through that? Because that's a difficult discussion, especially yeah. like around our and age. It, and it depends if that 
if that pain is like if it's like you know diagnosed like depression then that would be something to get you know mm-hmm. professional help with um but for other people it could just if it's just circumstantial it's a lot of the thought processes that are going through of like what if this pain never goes away especially if someone has an anxious attachment style like they just feel things like so much deeper and harder than other people do so if they knew this is what is happening for you right now then they could and they saw and this is like this three-month roadmap of Mm -hmm. how you're gonna feel better then they wouldn't feel so um lost in this pain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I, that's what I found is that people just having some structure of like, just tell me what to do. I'm like, this is what you're going to do. And, and often they just want to know, like, am I going to be okay? Right. Yeah. I'm like, sure. you're going to be better than okay. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Glenn. Go, go <laughs> and the dating strategy component, um, do you ever, have you ever maybe thought about, um, kind of being a, a dating coach, like the, the other side of it, or, um, is for you, you just want to keep it very separate? Well, it being the spectrum, I love helping people through like when they come to me and things are really messy, then I'll like help them through like the pain of mm-hmm. that all to heal. But then the next thing is to get back out there. Right. And but there's no point in me helping to, you know, help them to heal for them to just go and like recreate those, you know, same same situations. And so, the yes, I'm trained as a dating coach as well. Um, but again, it's not like the tips, tricks, all of that. It, it, so much of it goes back to this, you know, psychology and evolutionary biology mm-hmm. um, of of secure love. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of instead of just being like driven by attraction, because often like that's what has has you go into these relationships that were kind of doomed from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So it's it's very like yeah. this backwards design. Like we're gonna take a step back and we're gonna we're gonna spend some time just understanding love and like mm-hmm. the drivers of love and that love is not just loving feelings. Right. Like you need to find if you want a long term relationship, then you need to find someone who's compatible with that vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you think it's true before you can love somebody else, you have to love yourself? No, no, no. Loving yourself is a process. <laughs> That's true. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're always like going like deeper and deeper into that and it kind of comes in like mm-hmm. ebbs and flows and and sometimes it's, it's being with another person like we we're wired for connection right. that things are going to come up in there and that you're going to you're going to discover parts of yourself that you know maybe this other person is going to love or like help you love about yourself and I think relationships are, are designed to be incredibly healing mm-hmm. so we can do both I love that. Yeah. Never hey guys, thought of it that That's way. always my excuse. So I'm like, yeah, now you have no excuse. Why aren't you dating? I'm like, guys, I just need to like learn to like love myself first oh, sorry. before. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, I need that real talk because it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, get it together. Like, get it together. You're going to become like an emotional hermit. Right? I mean, you'll never be yeah. ready, ready. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to jump right in sometimes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Well, thank you so much for yes, sharing yes. all of this wealth of knowledge. I feel like we already feel better equipped to handle our next Aww. breakup. And, <laughs> I mean, oh my now God. I know. Bring them to on. come to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aww. But I definitely feel like, especially at this, at, at this point in our lives, I think like a breakup that we would go through is probably a really big breakup. And I think reaching out to somebody like you, a breakup coach, um, is the smartest and healthiest mm-hmm. thing to do for sure yeah, yeah i agree and instead of just getting over it like just turn it into the best damn thing that ever happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like just this catalyst to turn your your whole of life around mm-hmm. for sure so, so thank you so much thank you yeah. okay where can people find you all right so my website is betterbreakups.com and there's a lot of great content on there currently. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to be bringing out a lot of great new content. Um, other than that, on like all the social media platforms, especially I really love Instagram. So um, at The Breakup Coach. And we'll link everything yes. in our bio as per sure. usual. But thank you. Thank you yeah, so thank much. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> So thanks so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. Please make sure to subscribe and review us, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Hey, guys, don't forget to follow us on social media at Somebody Date Us, and make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode.